C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us today. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. It's a great pleasure to welcome two outstanding experts from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention located in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Clifford McDonald, CDC's Associate Director for Science in the Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion, and Dr. Allison Law for Helping, Team Lead in the Clinical and Environmental Microbiology Branch of the Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion. Doctors McDonald and Law for Helpin join us today to discuss the human microbiome, how it works, how it affects your health, your immune system, and why it is so important to protect it. As part of the continued efforts to protect patients and slow antibiotic resistance for Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is investing in research to discover and develop new ways to prevent antibiotic-resistant infections. One of the most significant ways to accomplish this is to unlock the mysteries of the microbiome, and today we are going to talk more about how the CDC is expanding its work to better understand the microbiome and slow antibiotic resistance. At this time, I would like to introduce our first guest, Dr. Allison Law for Helpin, to the program. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Helpin. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, and we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. And, Doctor, would you mind taking a moment to introduce the microbiome to our global listeners? Sure. So we talk about two things, a microbiome and a microbiota. People tend to use the terms interchangeably, but they're actually different. A microbiota is a collection of microbes, bacteria, viruses, fungi that all live together. The microbiome is all the genes, the genetic information that makes up a microbiota. Now, the human microbiome, as the name suggests, is the collective genome of the microbial communities that live in and on us. Our bodies are an environment or a habitat which is populated by these microorganisms. Our microbiota live in these habitats. We acquire our microbiota starting at or probably even before we're born. And our first microbiota actually comes from our mom. But we pick up microbes from everything we're exposed to. And this is not a new thing. Humans have been cooperating with their microbiota forever. We can think of the microbiome as almost another organ, both in size and in importance. There are about 30 trillion bacterial cells in and on our bodies that make up our microbiome. And they've estimated that the human body, not counting microbial cells, is about 37 trillion cells altogether. So it's almost a one-to-one relationship. And our microbiome is just as important as our other organs, like our heart, our lungs, and our kidneys. The microbiota protect us, and they keep us healthy. That's an awful lot of cells, doctor. 
And Absolutely. I, I, I need to ask you, so the gut, we, all, we discuss a lot about gut microbiome. So is, it's not just the gut microbiome. There are other parts of the microbiome, correct? Absolutely. We've got microbi- microbial communities on our skin, in our mouths, our respiratory tract, our urinary tract, and of course, as you've mentioned, our gut. Okay. Well, that really sets the stage here. And thank you so much for explaining that to our listeners. Doctor, is the microbiome made up of both good and bad bacteria? So each microbial community at a different body site, your skin, your mouth, and your gut, it's very unique to the habitat it's living in. So our skin microbes look different from our gut microbes. And on top of that, everyone's microbiome looks different. It's specific to him or herself, meaning that my, micro- my microbiome looks different from yours and vice versa. Yours looks different from mine. But even though they're different, they still keep us healthy by working together with our body. Our microbiota can keep us healthy in a variety of ways. Um, they... You know, the bacteria and the other microbes help break down certain foods that we couldn't otherwise digest without their help. Um, They also protect us from illness. They protect us from infection specifically in several ways. One example of how microbiota protect us from infection is something called colonization resistance, meaning, for example, that the microorganisms living in our gut take up all the available space and nutrients and places for organisms like bacteria and viruses and fungi to bind so that the bad bacteria, the pathogens, cannot get a toehold long enough to cause infection. Another way our microbiota protect us from infection is by making compounds that kill each other. They kill other competing bacteria, but they don't harm us. Um, In 1928, when Sir Alexander Fleming discovered antibiotics, this is actually what he found, that the compounds bacteria make to kill off their competitors could be used in medicine to treat infections. And this has really revolutionized modern medicine. Many of the antibiotics that we use today are based on these compounds produced by bacteria. And so in general, our microbiome is made up of mostly good bacteria that keep us healthy. Okay. And doctor, what can affect the health of the microbiome? Well, we're still learning a lot about what constitutes a healthy microbiome. Are there certain types of bacteria that play a key role in defining what makes a healthy microbiome? Probably, but there's also probably a particular set of functions that all healthy microbiomes, these collections of microorganisms, perform to keep us healthy. Everything we come in contact with in our environment impacts the health status of our microbiome. The people we live with, the pets we own, the food we eat, the medicines we take, especially antibiotics. All these things impact what our microbiome looks like and how it is functioning. And we know that antibiotics can really disturb the health of our microbiome. Okay. And, doctor, when the microbiome is disrupted by antibiotics, it becomes vulnerable to infections from germs, for example, the C. diff infection. And we understand that you have also had firsthand experience with a C. diff infection. Would you mind sharing your story with us? Sure. Um, 
you know, antibiotics can be life-saving and they are a very important resource that we need to protect. The problem and the downside to antibiotics is that antibiotics can't tell the difference between the beneficial or the good bacteria that help keep us healthy and infection-free and the pathogens or the bad bacteria that make us sick. Antibiotics are a bit like a wildfire. They wipe out all the bacteria, both good and bad. And the only bacteria that survive are those that are resistant to the antibiotic. And those bacteria that are resistant to the antibiotic are kind of like weeds. After the wildfire, the weeds can grow and flourish unchecked because there's no good bacteria left. I had a very unwelcome introduction to the impact of antibiotics on the microbiome. Um, Firsthand, while I was probably in my early 20s, I fell ill and was prescribed antibiotics. And I took the full course of my antibiotics as prescribed by my doctor, which is, of course, important. And I got better. However, shortly thereafter, I got sick again, this time with particularly severe diarrhea. I was very, very sick. And I went to the doctor, and they said it was really unlikely that I was sick from C. diff, but they were mostly because they generally thought you saw it in hospitalized patients, but they were going to test me anyway for C. diff. And so I gave them the sample to test, and the test came back positive. Now, this was a long time ago, but I think they subsequently prescribed metronidazole, and the infection cleared. Um, I was really fortunate that I didn't experience any recurrences or long-term issues, but it was almost certainly antibiotic-associated C. diff. Well, I am so sorry that you walked that path, yet I can say, thank goodness you got over it and didn't have any recurrences, did you? Correct. No recurrences. I've been very lucky. Well, that's wonderful. Well, doctor, um, we are already going to pause here for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing the human microbiome how it works, how it affects your health, your immune system, and why it is important to protect it with our guest, Dr. Clifford McDonald. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call 1-844-367-267. 2343. That's 1-844-4-C-DIFF. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? 
exited a restroom, entered and exited a patient's room, visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff spores and more global broadcasting network. We welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to introduce our guest, Dr. Clifford McDonald, CDC's Associate Director for Science in the Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion. Joining us here today to discuss the human microbiome, how it works, how it affects your health, your immune system, and why it is important to protect it. Welcome to the program, Dr. McDonald. Thank you, Nancy. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, and thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. And Dr. McDonald, there are a lot of ways germs can gain a foothold and disrupt and disrupt the microbiome. The CDC has described this to be similar to a fire in the forest. Can you explain how that would be? Yes, that's a a word picture, really, of something that I think we can all understand. Or another way to think of it is uh, spraying herbicide or Roundup on your garden that um, what we've been talking about, uh, Dr. Laufer's been talking about, is is really an ecology, um, uh, a organization of organisms living together and and really benefiting each other by being in the presence of one another. These different microorganisms, and that's just like our garden or a forest that is healthy and growing full of life, and uh, each type of tree or plant in its place. Uh, preventing others from taking over. Uh, and then antibiotics are like that fire that goes in and, as she mentioned, kill everything indiscriminately. Um, most all the bacteria or many of the bacteria are susceptible to most antibiotics, uh, or at least certain ones are. And when those are lost, uh, other things come into the place of it. Uh, it may not be a total wipeout of everything like in a forest fire, but even just losing one type of tree in a forest or, or losing the grass, say, in your garden or some other ground cover opens up a niche for other things to come in. And often it's a weed or, or in the case of a forest, it's, it's simple grasses or, or saplings or seedlings or something. And sometimes a, an invasive species, one species that comes in and really takes over because something else has been lost. And that can be, in uh, the case of the microbiome, it can be something like C. diff um, or a multidrug-resistant organism that gets in there and grows at very high numbers and transmits to other people but also causes illness. Okay. And Dr. McDonald, who's at risk for this? Well, as we mentioned, those who receive antibiotics. But it, it clearly is not just... Uh, antibiotics. It is other drugs too, probably. We don't know fully all the different types of drugs and their effect 
on the microbiome, and that's something we're very interested in at CDC. First and foremost, though, the antibiotics, um, and then even when uh, it is, you know, when we get antibiotics, it's the number of days of antibiotics, the number of antibiotics. These have been associated with C. difficile, right? I mean, it's it's not just getting an antibiotic, but getting an antibiotic longer and getting more antibiotics or getting successive courses of antibiotics. We, we're starting to see that in some of our research that um, we've known that just one antibiotic for a short period of time, the microbiome is often very resilient and it comes back. Uh, it may take months to do so to come back fully, but it often will come back really to look almost similar to how it was before. But if people get multiple courses of antibiotics, then that starts to change things. And it may just be that uh, the multiple courses knock out multiple species, if you will, or, again, uh, multiple antibiotics at the same time, uh, or broader uh, spectrum antibiotics. And these have all been, you can roughly sort of predict some of this from the degree of risk for C. difficile that you get from different antibiotics and what they do. Um, and multiple antibiotics is part of that and the duration. Uh, also, the underlying illness of patients and just being sick uh, or poor nutrition that can go along with being sick, uh, other upheavals, uh, even stress, all those things probably disrupt the microbiome and add to the risk. Uh, so it certainly is antibiotics, but antibiotics in the context of multiple antibiotics, repeated courses of antibiotics, and then having other illness going on and um, your diet being changed from that and other things. And Dr. McDonald, are you referring to the just the gut microbiome or like Dr. Um, Lawfer Halpin had said, the all of the different uh, microbiomes? Well, ultimately, I think we will be talking about all the different microbiomes um, and the places where uh, we're very interested in, in all the different places where antibiotic-resistant organisms hang out. Of course, C. difficile just in the gut uh, mm-hmm. Other organisms like Staph aureus on the skin, uh, other uh, organisms in the throat, um, the strep pneumoniae, other things. Um, eventually, I think we'll we'll be really looking at all those different sites. Right now, uh, we're focused mostly on the gut, though, but it it is really applicable to those other sites as well. Wonderful. Thank you for explaining that. And Dr., can you explain about um, the microbiome? If it's disrupted, can it be restored? Well, as I mentioned, it it has its own resiliency uh, with limited uh, insults, uh, maybe a single course of antibiotics. It can come back quite well, uh, maybe even multiple ones. And, And that's been kind of curious how that might come back. But um, it might just be that some bacteria are left in the colon. Again, we're talking mostly the GI uh, gut microbiome here. Um, even it's been hypothesized that maybe the appendix, that maybe one purpose of having an appendix is that some of the microbiome stays back there and and uh, different types of things that happen. It's not just antibiotics, remember, too. Uh, a, a virus infection like uh, norovirus causing bad diarrhea can mess up the microbiome and probably, well, maybe uh, things like the appendix um, help out there. But uh, there is now ways that we're starting to understand that we can help it be restored when it's been really messed up. And one of those, of course, is fecal microbiota transplantation, taking uh, the stool or the feces 
from someone who's healthy and has not received antibiotics and giving them usually through an enema or even now freeze-dried in capsules and things like that. Uh, administered to them and to another patient. And as many of your listeners know, this has been used successfully to break the cycle of recurrence in multiple recurrent C. diff patients, and that's through restoring the microbiome. And it's been shown that it does really engraft what we call, it's a term from transplant, where you transplant an organ and the organ really takes hold. Um, well, these organisms can really take hold, and that's been seen. Um, so that is a method of restoring the microbiome, and I think our hope is that in the future we'll have advanced probiotics that can also do that. Exactly, and Dr. McDonald, there's been a lot of discussion about probiotics, and so what do we know about probiotics today? Well, um, just as I sort of mentioned, that they do hold promise because fecal microbiota transplantation holds promise, and and as I was saying, it, it has broken the cycle of multiple recurrent C. difficile. It's also cleared people of colonization with uh, multidrug-resistant uh, organisms like um, other organisms like uh, VRE, vancomycin-resistant enterococci, and other things. Uh, so they do hold promise on that count alone. Uh, with that said, the probiotics that are currently available are uh, sold exclusively as nutritional supplements. Uh, none of them uh, have a, a therapeutic claim. That means they can't uh, claim that they are treating or preventing a medical illness, um, not the current ones, because they don't have that kind of um, scientific development behind them or, or evidence uh, to get that type of approval from, from FDA as a drug. Um, and I, I think that not only do they hold promise because of the fecal microbiota transplantation story, but because um, even in the studies that they have been used, even though I mentioned the evidence is limited, that there is what we call in, 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 uh, in public health and in clinical medicine uh, a signal that they are working, even the ones that, that are sold as nutritional supplements. Um, m- many studies have been done uh, with probiotics to prevent C. difficile or to prevent recurrent C. difficile, and many of them have had a positive result. Some of them have had negative results. Some of the studies um, have not have not shown uh, that they work. Um, some well-known studies are large ones, uh, but others have. And well, how do you explain that? Well, um, not totally clear, but probably a lot of it has to do with the fact that. These are multiple different formulations, um, all different probiotics we're talking about being studied in different ways, being given in different doses, being given with different potencies or level or amount of uh, viable organism, uh, being give, given in different timing. And so we don't have, uh, with, a, with a drug that's being developed, uh, part of the process of going through drug development is you get very clearly delineated what is the drug? What is the dose? How is it formulated? How is it made? Uh, what is its, its form? Uh, when is it given? At what dose is it given? And how long is it given? And what kind of effect will you get from it? So the, the right dose, the right amount, the right time for the right duration. That's what we don't have yet for evidence to tell people that they should use a particular probiotic. And so we aren't right at the point of making clear recommendations of use a particular probiotic to prevent C. difficile or prevent any other disease at this time. 
Exactly. And thank you so much, Dr. McDonald, for sharing that. And we often, uh, with our dietitian and registered dietitians on board, the Cedar Foundation also um, uh, recommend natural food sources such as miso, yogurt, kefir, kombucha right. tea, when they're not able to, um, you know, purchase uh, a, a probiotic at this time. So it's really, it's interesting. And there there is some really positive uh, research going on at this time right. for that. So. Thank right. you for that. Yeah. Right, Nancy. I'm not saying that we are recommending against probiotics. We're not. We're just no, no. saying that we can't, we can't recommend them. There's two different That's things, right. right? It's exactly. just we can't recommend them because we can't say exactly which one to give how. And that's, that's where we're sort of stymied right now. But, exactly. but there is good research going on, and we're, we're, we're trying to contribute to that ourselves. Well, thank you, and we appreciate that very much. And Dr. McDonald, for a patient diagnosed with C. diff in- infection, would adding a probiotic to the course of treatment be beneficial? Um, I personally might, um, but I again, I can't tell you exactly which one. I'd, I'd probably go out. I'd um, you know look at some of the ones where the most studies have been done and use them. But I'd have to go into it realizing that. Uh, it may not be the right one, and it may not be exactly the right dose, but it's not going to hurt because they're generally recognized as safe. Uh, now, there's some exceptions. There are some very debilitated patients who I would recommend against doing that. Um, cancer patients um, who are probably mostly in the hospital at the time, maybe um, right after um, things like bone marrow transplants or maybe uh, other transplants. But they are, you know, a, uh, the, the, the very severely ill subset of patients with C. diff. So for most others, this is going to be generally generally safe. Um, it may or may not work, but in, in generally, it's not going to hurt. Exactly. And we thank you so much, Dr. McDonald, for sharing this information with our listeners today. Um, Right now, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing the human microbiome, how it works, how it affects your health, your immune system, and why it is important to protect it with our guest, Dr. Allison Lawfer Halpin. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. The C. diff Foundation offers global community support sessions. C. diff can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 1-844-4C-DIFF. 
1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call one 877 2343. That's 1-844-4-C-DIFF. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to CDIP Spores and More, Global Broadcasting Network. And we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Allison Law for Halpin, team lead in the clinical and environmental microbiology branch of the Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion at the CDC. Joining us today to discuss the human microbiome, how it works, how it affects your health, your immune system, and why it is so important to protect it. So we would say welcome back to the program, Dr. Law for helping, and thank you for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks again for having us. Oh, you're so welcome, and thanks for taking time to be here. And, Doctor, we have been discussing the microbiome, and it appears that research is taking us deeper in this direction. Um, would you be able to um, elaborate, and do you feel this research holds great promise? Absolutely. You know, in, in recent years, there's been an incredible amount of increased interest in the microbiome. And also, at the same time, we've seen leaps and bounds in improvements in technology. And consequently, it's allowed us, and, I, and you know, when I say us, I mean researchers, people who study and are interested in the microbiome, it's allowed them to produce an enormous amount of information on the microbiome. I actually saw a paper recently that said of all the human microbiome papers ever published, about half of them were published between 2011 and 2016. So it's really rapidly accelerating. And it's also due to improvements in technology. The ability to study the microbiome is becoming easier. We're getting better at sequencing all the bacteria, the viruses, the fungi that live in our microbiome. And the research is moving very rapidly. We think, based on what we know, that the microbiome plays an important role in human health. But as we talked about earlier, the human microbiome is huge, and understanding all of that data can take a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of expertise. So we're still working towards how can we understand the microbiome and how can we harness the microbiome 
specifically for public health to prevent disease and infection. And I think the potential power of the microbiome represents almost an intersection of, we hear a lot about personalized or precision medicine, but now we're starting to talk about something called precision health, where we're actually using all the available data um, to identify people who are at risk and improve the greater public's health, not just an individual person. Um, We know that changes in the microbiome are generally accepted as a risk factor for becoming a carrier of an antibiotic-resistant pathogen or developing a Clostridium difficile infection. So again, the microbiome represents this untapped data that we'd like to be able to leverage to improve individual patients' health and also to protect the greater public. But first, we have to understand how the microbiome works in concert with our bodies to keep us healthy. Also, how each pathogen, like C. diff, how does it change our microbiome when we become sick? And so, to do this, we're working to develop um, microbiome indices that can measure the health status of a person's microbiome. We don't have these yet, but we think that there's promise in them and that they could have a positive impact on patient care, an impact on antibiotic stewardship, so using antibiotics um, appropriately and correct, selecting the right antibiotic, the right dose of the antibiotic, and the right duration of the antibiotic. Um, we also think these microbiome indices might help with infection control, so preventing transmission in a healthcare facility, and also with drug development. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, doctor. And are there any other exciting therapies on the drawing board? So right now, you know, we hope that there might be things that could improve the microbiome, protect the microbiome. And we are starting to see examples of this. Um, Certain, of course, Dr. McDonald discussed fecal microbiota transplants as being very successful in treating things um, conditions such as recurrent Clostridium difficile, and as we also discussed, probiotics, we still don't have enough evidence to say one way or the other how to best use them to protect the microbiome. But we are starting to see um, early development of what you might call microbiome protectants or microbiome restoratives. So a protectant would be used when you're given an antibiotic so that the antibiotic cannot kill all the bacteria in your gut, but it would still be able to treat your infection. And a microbiome restorative, the idea is that this is a product that after you've taken antibiotics and your microbiome might be disrupted because of that antibiotic, you could take a restorative, which would help get you back to a healthy status. Okay. Um, that makes great sense, and thank you so much, Doctor, for sharing that. And, Doctor, what is the CDC doing to promote this area of research? So, one of our key theories, and that we're trying to use when we develop microbiome indices, is that for an individual patient similar to when your doctor orders blood work to check your health and determine if you're at risk for a disease, 
such as diabetes. The goal of microbiome indices is to measure risk of colonization or infection of a pathogen like Clostridium difficile. It's literally a gut check. Um, with the development of microbiome indices, physicians could use these to assist in the selection of antibiotics to treat um, an infection effectively without putting a patient at additional risk. Um, and then for drug development, we also think microbiome indices could be used in early phase drug and therapeutic development to select for um, drugs like antibiotics that might have either a neutral impact on the microbiome, so perhaps there's an antibiotic which is less disruptive to your um, gut microbiome, and to help further this research in developing microbiome indices, um, in 2016, actually through the CDC's Antibiotic Resistance Solutions Initiative, we began collaborations with and provided um, quite a bit of funding to academic institutions, nonprofit companies, and also one commercial company to identify and implement novel approaches to preventing antibiotic resistance to preventing colonization and infection with Clostridium difficile infection. And of these projects, actually 14 of them were focused on the role of the microbiome in human health. Okay. And Dr. How far away are we from new effective therapies to prevent C. diff and other infections being caused by tough-to-kill bacteria? Well, I think we're really fortunate in that things like fecal microbiota transplant are already becoming um, more mainstream. They're being used successfully to prevent Clostridium difficile recurrence. We're still trying to figure out how effective things like fecal microbiota transplant are against preventing um, C. diff in the first place or other infections of multidrug-resistant organisms. We're always hoping to be on almost a five-year time horizon, but I think we are still learning about the microbiome, and I think that there are... Um, there are products that are on the horizon which may potentially prove useful in this area and could really improve patient safety and prevent patients from acquiring infections like C. diff and multidrug-resistant organisms. Okay, and we do know that there are uh, clinical trials being done right now for um, the antibiotic protectants Okay, uh, and we also have the clinical trials being done for to restore uh, the um, the gut microbiome in in treating C. diff. So that's another good thing, and they're both, um, you know, being um, FDA monitored for patient safety and efficacy. So there are some new um, medications on the horizon. We hope, yes, absolutely. Yep. And thank you so much, um, Dr. Lawfer Halpin. We are going to pause already for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing the human microbiome, how it works, how it affects your health, your immune system, and why it is so important to protect it. With our guest, Dr. Lawfer Halpin. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. <music> 
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call one 877 2343. That's 1-844-4 C. diff. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff, spores, and more, Global Broadcasting Network. We welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Allison Laufer-Helpen, team lead in the Clinical and Environmental Microbiology Branch of the Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion at the CDC. Joining us today to discuss the human microbiome, how it works, how it affects your health, your immune system, and why it is important to protect it. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Laufer-Helpen. Thank you. You're welcome, and thanks for taking the time out and spending it with us today. And, Doctor, from what you and Dr. McDonald have shared with our listeners today, the human microbiome has to be protected. Um, So what that it can protect us, does the message of antibiotic stewardship remain to be an important one? 
Absolutely. I think antibiotic stewardship is one of the crucial messages that we need to keep beating the drum to. Antibiotics are a precious resource, and we are running out of antibiotics to treat very serious multidrug-resistant infections. Antibiotic-resistant infections are not just a problem in the United States. They're a global crisis. Um, And they're a precious limited resource, and they save lives. It's so important to use antibiotics when they're needed, like for bacterial infections. Antibiotics really can save lives in dire situations. A benefit to not taking antibiotics when they aren't necessary, like if you have a cold virus, for which an antibiotic will not do anything, it's it's you can avoid unnecessarily disrupting your microbiome if you don't take an antibiotic when it's not needed. And as we know and have talked about throughout this time with you, a healthy microbiome keeps you healthy too. And so I think it's really important to keep remembering that antibiotic stewardship is crucial and to continue improving our knowledge of how we can prevent antibiotic-resistant infections Those two pieces together are really key in saving lives, preventing unnecessary hospitalizations, infections, and deaths. Exactly. And, Doctor, we read the early report released um, that the C. difficile infections are declining, and they actually are hoping that's a direct reflection with the use of the antibiotic stewardship program. Absolutely. Yes. We think the core elements of antibiotic stewardship are really crucial for healthcare facilities trying to implement antibiotic stewardship programs and using antibiotics wisely. Exactly. And we applaud everybody who is following um, the antibiotic stewardship programs. And doctor, how can tailoring antibiotic use protect the microbiome? Well, as you know, it's that antibiotic wildfire that we've talked about a few times. Um, Antibiotics, generally, you have these broad-spectrum antibiotics that can't differentiate between good bacteria that keep us healthy and the pathogens that make us sick. And, you know, because of this, we've been almost unknowingly altering our microbiomes for almost a century, putting ourselves at risk for subsequent infections, most notably those infections due to antibiotic-resistant pathogens and Clostridium difficile. Um, As part of this, it's important that clinicians use the right drug, the right dose for the right length of time for a particular infection. And microbiome indices, we hope, could serve as a tool for infection prevention and control, as well as antibiotic stewardship. Ideally, every antibiotic could actually be given a microbiome index, measuring how disruptive we expect it to be on your microbiome. And by knowing how disruptive we anticipate a micro, uh, an antibiotic to be on the microbiome, we might be able to pick the, it would help, it would potentially help clinicians pick the right antibiotic given both the infection, because you still want to be able to do the, you know, to use the antibiotic for its purpose, which is to treat an infection and help someone get better. But we also would like to pick an antibiotic that isn't as disruptive to your microbiome because there are long-term effects 
from taking antibiotics, especially if you've taken antibiotics over and over, if you've had longer duration of antibiotics. And um, by tailoring the antibiotic, we hope that we can be more effective at both preserving antibiotics as a resource and protecting the patient's health. Exactly. And doctor, um, before we close the program today, would you like to share any closing comments with our global listeners? Well, I would just like to thank you again for having us on today. It's a real pleasure to speak with you. And I think the main message here is truly the antibiotic stewardship that there are um, large numbers of infections and deaths that result from multidrug resistant organisms and Clostridium difficile. And it's important to use antibiotics appropriately and to use them to save lives. And we really do hope and we believe that better understanding the microbiome can help us improve patient health and prevent infections like Clostridium difficile. Exactly. And doctor, we thank you very much. And we also want to mention that U.S. Antibiotic Awareness Week is November 13th through the 19th. And it is a yearly campaign uh, from the CDC. For more information about this program, please go to www.cdc.gov forward slash get smart forward slash week forward slash and learn more about this important program. And Dr. Law for helping you and Dr. McDonald have provided us with a wealth of information today. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you again for joining us. And we wish the CDC, your team, uh, continued success in the research and progress today uh, for a healthier tomorrow. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. And we thank you and everyone joining us today on CDIP Spores and More Global Broadcasting Network. Listen in to our live broadcast every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time with our guests to discuss up-to-date information focused yet not limited to C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, clinical studies, environmental safety, and much more. Once again, we thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit their website, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. We would also like to thank Synthetic Biologics for being a diamond sponsor of the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place on November 9th and 10th in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information, please visit the CDF Foundation's website, www.cdifffoundation.org. We send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and the many wellness training illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you all a good health and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Corrala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We'll be right back. 